Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the Improv Chronicle. I'm Lloydie. The turning of a new year is essentially an arbitrary measurement of time, but I can't help getting caught up in thinking about what has been and what is going to come. And that's made me think about my own improv practice and what I do. And that got me searching through a bunch of interviews I'd done for this podcast, both in this season and the last season. And there's a bunch of stuff that I'd only partially used. And there are some really good tips in there that I thought I would share. So some of this stuff has been on the podcast in part before. Some of this stuff is completely brand new and unused material. All of it is tips that improvisers can use and take forward, I hope, into the new year. Needless to say, I'm fiercely competitive and wouldn't ever wish to talk about another improv podcast on this podcast. That would that would be dreadful, wouldn't it? But I'm going to. Rob Norman is one half of the Backline podcast and also a fantastic improviser and a really good guy. I had the opportunity to meet him a couple of years ago, and it was one of those moments where you end up talking to someone and think it's going to last a couple of hours. And then all of a sudden it's half two in the morning and you're drinking whiskey and putting the world to rights. Now, I spoke to Rob quite some time ago for the Improv Chronicle, and we were talking about external factors that, if you're not careful, can end up influencing your improv. So whether it's the audience, the space you're playing in, the tech that's going on around you, I spoke to Rob about external factors and how to stop them adversely affecting your improv. There's a ton of different factors that could inform a show. For example, what if there's an agent in the audience? You know, at Second City, it's possible that someone from SNL is sitting in the crowd. Um, Sometimes you're performing for a celebrity. Um, Sometimes there's a giant leak in the roof and the stage is covered in water. And between scenes, you have to find ways to mop in a creative way. All of these are things that have happened to me personally. And... um, I think there's a way to look at those things as like, oh, no, these outside forces wrecked my show or these outside forces change the show that I normally do. And I, I, I don't think that's the healthy way to look at it. You know, the, the shows that I remember the best times of my improv career 
aren't the times when I did a mediocre show and everything went the way that they were supposed to. My favorite memories are when everything went to shit. And like me and my friends get together and those are the stories that we tell. Um, so even when things go wrong, like, like it's still kind of right. Yeah. I also think it's like really interesting to try and figure out how shows work. You know, like one of the external factors that we don't really talk about is like a show's culture. We used to do this show called Mantown and the premise of the show, it was like an improvised frat party. So it was a big party show. People would show up ready to have a good time. They were drunk and they would call out. And that was just kind of part of the culture of the show. And it was challenging for new people to play that show because because the rules of audience and performer were just so different. And we had to like give a disclaimer to guests that we had to say that if the audience is yelling at you, that's actually not heckling. They're not criticizing you. That's actually a compliment. It, it means you're doing a good job. So like any kind of noise or people shouting out, keep going. That's, that's how it's supposed to go. And that's a very extreme version of a show's culture. Every time you perform in a different show that's not your home base, there's different rules, there's different kinds of jokes, there's different crowds, there's different expectations. And so figuring those things out is a blast. It's so fun trying to navigate the audience and what they want from you and what you what you want to do in that space. Um, so yeah, I, I think those external factors not only are not an uh, impediment to a good show, that's where the good shows are hiding. One thing that a lot of improvisers talk about, and this is not just beginners by any point, this can be improvisers who've been improvising for years and years, and that is finding the way to do improv or having their formula that they think works for them. And if we're not careful, that can completely kill exploration. And surely that is an essential thing that we need in improv. I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Patty Stiles, who has been one of my favourite guests to have had on the podcast over the years. And she had some really good stuff to say about this that I wanted to share. If you actually research deeply into what, um, you know, Spolin, uh, Close, Johnstone, uh, Shepard, Sills, Campbell, um, what they were actually doing in their work none of them were being formulaic. None of them said this is the only way. They were all exploring ways and making discoveries and revising their work as they went. And if they discovered something new, they go, oh, right, okay, we learned something new. What we knew yesterday was yesterday. Today is today. But when they were working, there wasn't an impro scene it, in kind of our modern day improvisation, right? Let's understand that there's improvisation that goes way back before American, Canadian, or British. And there's a little bit of arrogance in the impro community to assume that that's where it started. It didn't. <laughs> it's a mm -hmm. very ancient form. And there's a lot of cultural traditions in you know Latin America, in Ireland, in Asia, in the Middle East of using improvisation differently. But in talking about these teachers um, and kind of the language around that, 
the the rules that developed the formulaic play the this is what you have to do that's not their teaching that became language that was invented in schools and companies which was very much about selling classes and forming identity and trying to be good One thing I've spoken about to people who are doing two-person shows, duos, two-prov, whatever you want to call it, is how you transition from one character to another when you're multi-rolling. When people see a duo show for the first time, one of the things that often fascinates them is the fact that two improvisers can often be juggling six or seven characters in a show, sometimes even more than that. So who better to speak to than Dave Pasquese, one half of TJ and Dave, to find out his view on how you can best move seamlessly from one character to another and embody them on stage. I know pe- people have been doing two-person improvisation for a long time. I had not seen anyone really doing it. So um, I didn't gather a lot of this from viewing, just from the experience of doing it. And we're just doing what works for us. Um and we decided to play other people as they were needed, not as a task that we had to have other people. Sometimes we don't, um, or sometimes there's very few. It just seems to be as needed. And, um, and some, you know, I don't know. I, there's nothing that determines why we're playing others, except for seemingly uh, a need or that oh, there would be a person there. If we have been in this space for this long, someone else would be here. Um, so it's just to be, again, it's responding honestly to uh, given everything that we've established up until this point. So how do you differentiate those characters in the audience's mind and your own? Well, um, I think one of the helpful bits is to give each one a certain mindset, but also a certain physicality. So that's easier for everyone to distinguish. It's just a shorthand. So when this, you know, you see a person uh, making a particular specific gesture, oh, now that I know that's that person that we saw before. So there's kind of mindset and, and physicality. Yep. Right. And then, yeah. And the hard part, the easy part is the physicality. The hard part is to try to think like these different people. And that's not as easy. I mean, if I'm the same person and all of a sudden I start speaking about a certain thing a different way, I might be the same guy. I might be the new person. So the physicality is the most helpful to, to differentiate, I think, in a shorthand. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In a more recent episode of the Improv Chronicle, I spoke about being an older improviser, being an improviser over 50, something that I'm suddenly experiencing for the first time in the last few months. And Florida improviser Kathy Rinaldi had some really good tips for maybe newer improvisers, certainly younger improvisers, who are improvising with someone who may be a generation or two older than them. Is that something that we should be exploring more and talking about as we get older in these group settings, in classes, in workshops, to say, hey, young people, that person is not going to play your grandma for the next two hours. And don't make them. Yeah. Or or exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or um, when you, when you get into a scene, I want you, I was in a scene. Did I tell you this before? I was in a scene in Sweden and I was with a young man who, you know, I won't mention him. Lovely, lovely man. Uh, But we did a little romantic scene because I made it a romantic scene and he's 20 something and I am not. And at the end of it, he he said, "Why did you why did you make me why did you make yourself my girlfriend?" And I said, "Why not?" And he said, "Because nobody like I'm not used to doing that." And and I thought, isn't that interesting? Is that a conversation that should be had more often? I know that I bring it up in my classes because I want to push that more, but I but. Anytime I have been in a place like that with with particularly women who are older, you can hear this resounding, yeah, yeah, we don't want to be your mom. We don't want to be your grandma. We want to be anything but that because that's what we do all the time. In a second, some tips from Whose Line Is It Anyway star Colin Mockery. But first, a quick note about this podcast. It's available because I'm bloody-minded and I absolutely love doing this, despite the fact that it costs me probably more time than I can actually afford. Now, I can't buy back my time, but there is one thing that you could do that would be really helpful, and that is help me afford to keep making this podcast. You can do that by going to the link in the show notes that accompany this podcast – 
and clicking on the link and making a small donation. Really, a tiny donation will still make a difference. And I would be monstrously appreciative of it. If you can't afford to do that, I completely understand. It's economically tough times for a lot of people, but there is something for free that you can do right now. If you want to, you can rate this podcast. If you can give it five stars or maybe even give it a review on whichever podcast app you use, that will make a huge difference because it will be discovered by more people. Because when you do that, it boosts the algorithm because that is the crazy world that we live in at the moment. If you're able to do that, I would massively appreciate it. And it would help this keep going in 2024. In the meantime, back to Colin Mockery. I asked him the best advice he'd ever been given in his improv career. One of the important things for us, because we use so much audience in our show, is to make the audience as comfortable as they can on stage. Um, you know, they're not professionals, obviously, and they're thrown up on stage. There's lights in their eye. They're barely listening to the instructions you give them. So we always spend a little time before that just sort of getting to know them, getting them feel relaxed. We usually bring two people up at a time, usually a couple, so that at least they're with someone they know and there's a little more comfort there. So may, so in that area, that was very important for us. I guess the most important thing uh, I ever heard was don't let your ego get in the way. Um, I, I always found when teaching new improvisers, that always seemed the most difficult thing for them to do. If their partner, scene partner, comes up with the idea of the scene, you could see them go, oh, but my idea is so much better and try to f shove it in there somehow rather than, well, they got it first, let it go. Let's make this the best scene ever. Um, so that was really important for me. And I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of improvisers who sort of live by that. They, uh, Ryan Stiles, who I've known for years, um, one of the things I loved about him was he got as much joy setting you up for a joke and having you get it as if uh, when he got the laugh. And I, I try to keep that um, in the foremost of my mind. Oh, yeah. that's I love setting someone up for the funny. Oh, I don't know why. There's there's a real sense of satisfaction that you've mind-melded somehow. Yeah, exactly. When you have an idea for the joke, you have the setup. And when they say the exact right punchline, you just go, wow, <laughs> that was yeah. amazing. The Improv Chronicle is produced by me, Lloydy James Lloyd. It comes out every two weeks. Please do subscribe. In the meantime, if you're not already signed up, get the world of improv in your inbox every single week on a Tuesday when you subscribe to the newsletter. For more, just go to improvchronicle.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.